Alright, so we are back with an all new, all different aim for the bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me today is fellow podcast person, Alex. Hello. Hey, hey, fellow folks of the internet. How goes it? Alright. So it's been a while, but we're back, baby. We're back for 2022. Yeah. All right. And I'm excited to be here because today we are discussing song meanings. Mm-hmm. Before we get it, I do want to thank you for having me on again. I know that, uh, you know, uh, it, our previous times have been just incredible, but I was always like, oh, I don't know if Pat's going to have me back. <laughs> the reviews and like, the episodes are just awful. I like to have people, <laughs> yeah, on edge. <laughs> I always feel like, oh, are they going to be cut? Are they going to be cut from the show? I was anxiety ridden <laughs> this whole time for months, months. Oh yeah, that's the stuff, baby. <laughs> but yeah, but before we get to um, to today's topic, which is song meanings, uh, first our non legal legal disclaimer, which is simply that mm-hmm. uh, you know the opinions that we express. On this episode and other episodes are just that opinion. So you are free to agree with us. You can disagree with us. And of course, if you do disagree with us, you are wrong. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. Sorry. It's the law. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're completely free. You don't have to, uh, you know, take our, our word for it. In fact, I encourage you to form your own opinions based on what we say, or, you know, mm-hmm. you can reject us outright. It's up to you. So yeah, tweeted us. Uh, I mean, you, you could tweet at you. I, 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 I don't want anyone tweeting at me. I don't, I don't <laughs> for Twitter. You know, Twitter is a place of like, uh, what is it? A like, wretched hive of yes. scum and villainy. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Of. That exact <laughs> quote, actually, I was thinking of. That, that is what Twitter is. You know, it's just a place of degeneracy. It's not. Mm-hmm. It had so much hope when, uh, when it first it. came around. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Like half of my Twitter content is like podcasting stuff which yeah. is a generally wholesome community and then Yu-Gi-Oh, which is a hobby that i'm very interested in yes and like the people on the Yu-Gi-Oh forums are nuts it's, it's such a good community but there's crazy stuff all the time on Yu-Gi-Oh, really yeah 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 oh i don't know i don't uh i don't do Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. you know every every hobby and niche has its own like you know things that people talk about it like right now there's a whole discourse because there's always twitter discourse the discourse now is about like price gouging uh, and markets within the within Yu-Gi-Oh, right like for cards uh, and stuff for cards yeah it's it's actually kind of crazy Yu-Gi-Oh is a pretty expensive uh kind of game to get into competitively not to derail this topic at all no, it's uh, but just briefly, yeah it's just a really expensive thing and a lot of people are like oh you know it shouldn't be like this and the reason is because there's a lot of third party um interference with the market to make it let to inflate prices and stuff you can take a look at it if you like go on twitter so oh, no, this is like topic. this is a widespread thing like, oh for sure this affects like everything so i mean we've kind of touched on this in the past before but it'll probably come up again in the future but this is like yeah just outside influence you know people speculating on market trying to you know mm-hmm. make money off stuff it's it's everywhere it's i think it's also part of the pandemic in general but i think we literally talked about this in another episode that we i have, was on with dexter it's, it's it's affecting us like like everyone like that's why yeah. stuff is so hard to get right now because everyone's just like oh i'm gonna make like a quick quick buck like you see it like with nfts that'll be at the topic for another day mm. like i hate NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb but anyways okay back to to song meaning. Sorry for that little yes. tangent there, people, if you're listening. Obviously, music. You could say 
popular form of entertainment. I've never heard of it. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, really? Okay, well, let me introduce you to a popular form of media, which is recorded music. So back Whoa. in the like what, like early 1900s or maybe late 1800s, we developed the ability to record sound to a physical media. Get out. Yeah. Crazy. These were known as like records. Well, now the first things were like those cylinder cylinder things. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you know songs. We'll we'll, we'll end this bit here. <laughs> <laughs> right? So the thing about songs is, you know, they tend to have lyrics along with the music. And the thing is that, uh, you know, their meaning, song meanings are generally, well, I believe, anyways, left up to interpretation to the listener. Because I am someone who uh, believes in death of the author, which is basically that uh, the listener or reader, you know, whatever the form uh, something may take, uh, you know, it's whatever meaning you come up with that determines ultimately what, what it means to you. Right. So sometimes you'll have mm-hmm. people say things like I know for um, like the movie 300, people will say that it's like an allegory for, you know, the invasion, U.S. invasion of Iraq. Yeah. People say that? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's still a popular viewpoint uh, today, I've but never, definitely. To be fair, I've never seen 300. Oh, so... you never seen 300? Oh, OK. No, no. I mean, you're not you're not missing anything crazy there but buff guys hitting other buff dudes right it's like it's, it's like troy buff. but a lot of buff boys in that. a lot of buff boys in that movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's your thing that's definitely something worth checking out it's very stylized in terms of the action but you know that's a meaning that you can take from from watching it that's what i've heard mm-hmm. that's what i've read people say um, i don't agree with that. i don't think so at all but you know so that that contradicts or that is in contrast to the meaning that an author says its work has. So an author will create something and they will say, this is the message I was trying to get across. So when you say, or if you hear the term death of the author, it means, well, it doesn't really matter. Once you put it out, it's up to interpretation by the observer or by the viewer or by the listener to come up with their own meaning. Some people don't subscribe to this notion. Some people believe, well, this is what the author said it means. Mm. whether the author said it directly or that's what they infer from the text itself this is what the author is trying to say or this is what they're commenting on so sometimes you'll hear people songwriters or singers or you know painters whoever saying this is what i was intending to do yeah with my work right so that's what we're discussing today song means because a lot of the time people just love the groove of a song and we don't actually pay attention to the lyrics so there is an intended meaning like i said whether you subscribe to death of the author or not i mean i put a little bit of um confines on that uh because for me anyways there still has to be um what was it when when we did english class like when i did english class like at dawson right it was like you can say you know you you can bring up a point from the text or whatever or you're trying to give something meaning or say what the author is trying to intend with a certain character or certain meaning or theme or something but it has to have um uh, it has to be backed up by text. Yeah, you have to have a, work, right? Like a quote or some shit. Exactly, like that. right? So you have to have proof, basically. So that's, that's like I said, that's like the little thing that I put on, like Death of the Author. Like I still need something from the work that backs up the point that you're trying to make. Because you could say, oh, yes, this episode of The Simpsons means this thing. And I'm like, okay, but where is that actually said? Like what from the episode supports yeah. that idea? I need that. Right. I'm not I think just that's going all, fair, honestly. 
but some people will just be like, oh, I, you know, some people come with, that's why I hate fan theories about things. Cause it was just like, like James Bond being like a code name or something. Right. That's what, that's what some people say to try to explain why, you know, you have right. different actors who play this character, James Bond. Oh, well, cause James Bond is a code name. Right. You think 007 is the code name or code number, but it's really James Bond. And I'm like, no, James there's Bond. nothing in the film series or any of the films that suggests that the name James Bond is just like an uh, a, 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 an identity that they take on, right? Because right. I've also heard that like, oh, again, to try to support this idea that James Bond is just a uh, code name of some sort, uh, because it's so well known, someone takes on this persona and identity to let other people do the spying, right? So he'll be the front and center guy that everybody sees. Right, but other people go in and do the spying, right? Because they all That's know. That's interesting. That is interesting, but there's nothing to suggest that Bond is some diversionary <laughs> tactic while other people go do the actual missions or something, right? Yeah, that's that's super fair. I've never, I know that James Bond is based on a, a book series, right? Yes. I wonder if in the original source text, if that is ever confirmed or not. I don't think so, because you wouldn't have the issue I of. I really uh, don't know. I've only ever read one book, but uh, the first book, Casino Royale. One book ever, Pev? Damn. Yeah, one, uh, that's it. You man. should start reading one. One and done. You know how I do. Right? <laughs> one and done, that's it. You read one book, you read them all. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I know words. I don't need more words in my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, because like, it's, it's made up to, like, to explain why you, know, you have these mm-hmm. different actors playing the same character kind of thing that's what people try to say or they're trying to explain why like how could someone be a spy who's so well known right clearly yeah. right off even if you want to look at one bond like film series right how how would this person be able to operate as like a spy because you know big super spy but i'm like it's fiction it's it's contrived like it just yeah, that's, that's what also the world like, demands exactly right like i think for a spy flick or or series right you can you don't have to go into the nitty gritty of like, oh, I need to explain why James Bond is a well-known uh, international super spy, but also super good at what he does, right? Like, yeah. you're trying to find realism in a in a in a fictional thing where you have to suspend your disbelief for that kind of thing to yeah. work, right? And I think like having that kind of like theorizing is just an exercise in futility at the end of the day. Yeah, like, so I, think some... just, I, I I think it just ruins your enjoyment of yeah. Like I don't I don't worry about do. that shit. It's like okay, forget it. Who cares? Like just move on with your life, so kind of thing. But anyways, again, this is just the idea for like meaning. So you can definitely put mm-hmm. meaning on stuff how you want. So again, there's no one way to interpret. Uh, well, in this case, song. So this we're going to be talking about in a second. Yeah. But just to illustrate to you, like I need like proof. So like again, mm-hmm. so using James Bond as an example, like there's nothing in the films that suggests any of the theories that I just talked about that that is actually the case. If there was something there, you could say, oh, this moment here in you know, Goldeneye, yeah. or you know, Casino Royale, or whatever. This you know, then then okay, you give me an example, then I can maybe you know buy what you're saying here. But generally, I don't see that. So for me, yeah. I'm not anyone where it's just like oh, just whatever makes <clears throat> makes sense. It's like no, no, I need I need something specific. So uh what inspired this uh this topic uh, for me anyways is that i came across a couple of youtube videos that kind of just went like into song meanings or songs that were generally misunderstood in terms of what their meaning is so we're gonna like discuss some of the songs brought up in these videos i have one thing to refute in the video um and i have a few songs and i'm sure alex has his own songs uh, that mm-hmm. are not mentioned in the video. We're not going to go over every single song because they talk about quite a bit. We're You'd be here for hours. You yeah. don't want to listen to that. <laughs> you know, so 
that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, because yes, because sometimes people don't. The main takeaway is that people don't actually listen to lyrics. So if sometimes you just listen to the chorus, so people have an image of a song as like let's say being happy and joyful. But when and the chorus may sound and the music, the accompanying music itself may also sound happy and joyous. But then when you actually pay attention to the lyrics, it's like oh wait a second, it's not how everyone portrays yeah. it as. It's not this happy go lucky you know joyful tune. It's actually quite you know melancholic or actually sad and depressing or scary or whatever it is right kind of thing so do you want to start alex or oh no by all means go for it i'm uh, i'm really interested in uh, in seeing what you got here okay okay so we will start off with the first song that i have written on my list here which is who let the dogs out if you remember that song oh, by the yeah. baja men which is actually a cover of another artist's song i forget the the name of it but it is a cover but, really? Uh, I didn't even know it was a cover. Yeah, That's great. It is. It is a cover, or at least like a reinterpretation, if not an outright cover, of another of another song. Huh. So the main thing we know from that song is, you know, who let the dogs out, right? Who let the dogs uh, out? You know, it's been in a pop culture stay since uh, since it came out. I think in nineteen ninety nine or possibly two thousand. Are are there more lyrics to that song than who let than the chorus? Yeah, yeah, of course. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all you ever hear, like when you hear it used in like film or television or commercials, all you hear is like the who let the dogs out. If you actually listen, yeah. if you're actually somewhere where it's like playing like at a party or a club or something and it comes on, the part anyone knows is who let the dogs out. But there are lyrics. There are lyrics to wow. them, to the song. And it's about basically uh, men catcalling women at like a party. And so the dogs are those dudes the women no 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 they're the dudes that cat call because oh. they're acting like dogs oh wow do you have some textual evidence for this do i have some textual evidence of course yeah so you have uh let's see here so obviously you have your main chorus right which is who let the dogs out and then they bark out the who 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 right and then so when you get into the actual uh lyrics uh you know it says well the party was nice the party was pumping and everybody having a ball. Uh-huh. I, fe- I tell the fellas, start the name calling, and the girls respond to the call. I heard a woman shout out, who let the dogs out? Oh. Right? So it's women's response to these guys, like, basically, you know, kind of vying for their attention. So they're just kind of like, well, who are these dogs? Who are these dogs? You know. That that makes a lot of sense now that I actually look at the lyrics for it. Like you know, there's a it, saying calling a man a dog for being like that's I think that, that's a normal that's a pretty usual thing. It's like oh you're such a dog, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah exactly. Know, sexually kind of charged dude going after women like that. That's I never thought about it like that. I will admit. Yeah no yeah it's something that was surprising to me because again you don't really hear now you could argue because it's done in kind of like a Caribbean slang kind of thing right it's not uh done in like standard english i guess i don't know how to describe it but you know so maybe that could be part of it is just that you know you're not used to hearing that kind of language it's like a lot of um was it reggae i think there's a lot of it that's kind of like you could argue is homophobic some of the things they Mm. talk about sometimes is like uh i don't have any lyrics offhand but i just remember hearing that some of the stuff that they say like you actually know what those words those phrases mean it's kind of like being like, no, we don't want, we don't want any gays here, kind of thing. Yeah, 
So it's that kind of thing. So part of it could be that thing is like the way that they speak. It's, you know, kind of like Caribbean slang that, uh, you know, goes over people's heads. But the main attraction, oh. like I said, to the song is the is the chorus, right? It's the part exactly. you always hear. Yeah. I was just about to say that, like, you know, for a song like this, it's very easy to for, to not even not even realize that there are lyrics past the chorus like I did. Right. Because uh, you're just you're whenever you're hearing it, you're at a club, you're bumping or whatever. Uh, and you're you're always there about the lyrics. This song came also came out fucking forever ago yeah. right like this came out when i was a child uh, <laughs> and you know i remember dancing along to this in a in grade school when they used to have like little you know dance party stuff for the kid for us kids in the gymnasium and stuff and you know when you're like eight you don't think of you don't listen to the songs in that kind of way uh, i feel like listening to songs to actually listening to them for as it were for the lyrics is like a more adult quote-unquote thing to do right like yeah. unless you're like super into music already like I, I i will say i should have said this before i'm i am a musician and i and I'm, I'm one of those people who like really is, are, does listen to the two songs for the lyrics like yeah. uh they're always kind of songs playing in my head and stuff and i think i only developed that really past the age of 12 or something like that uh when i actually got a cd then i was able to read the lyrics in you know the little booklets that they used to have in cds I guess they still have in CDs. If you buy CDs, uh, yeah. Haven't haven't bought a CD in a pretty long time, I will admit. Yeah, same. It's just that world now. And um, the first album I listened to like that actually was Green Day's American Idiot. And reading those lyrics really fucking changed my world. Oh, really? I will admit. Okay, nice. <laughs> That's a cool one. Yeah. Not the one, not the one I thought you were going to start off with. Um, if I'm being honest with you. Well, so this is the first I have on my list, so that's the one I went with. Ah, nice, nice. Do you want to keep going? I uh, no, no, you go, you go. We'll see what you got. Well, so uh, the list that I've got and that I found has some pretty like ones that I think are obvious, right? Yeah. As someone who has listened to to these songs to, before and like has maybe performed them and stuff, uh, and one that I, that is a classic for me of this kind of style is "Semi Charmed Life" by uh, yes. Eye Blind. Semi Charmed Life, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks it's having turn life. It's like ah, oh, it's such a great like fun party song. Uh, you may already, you may or may not know this. It is uh very much about like crystal meth addiction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like smack dab in the lyrics. You kind of they do they do do the lyrics pretty fast, but like you know lines uh, lines like lit and literally like the sky was gold. It was rose. I was taking sips out of it of it through my nose, right, and then a little bit down, uh, smiling in the pictures you would take. Doing crystal meth would lift you up until you break. And I'll stop. That uh, I don't know if we can get copy struck by <laughs> copyright struck by saying too many lyrics here. But like, yeah, that's a classic one for me. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't realize the lyrics were like that explicit. Yeah, like, they're explicit. I don't know because I, I only know partially. Like I've never actually looked at the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So I just know like the main chorus. And I think, yeah, it has like a really like driving guitar and it sounds really like upbeat and it's got the do yeah. do do. Do 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 exactly. right. So it's kind of like you know, it kind of like lulls you into like a false sense of security here. I didn't realize they had the line "doing crystal meth." Yeah, <laughs> lift you until you really break. fast, so it gets kind of lost. Yeah. So I, but I had heard before that it is about like you know crystal meth addiction, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it was like really that explicit. So that's definitely one. Yeah, I don't think uh, yeah people realize because you don't really listen uh, to the lyrics. No, you're listening to some semi charm kind of life unless you're like really paying attention for it. And I feel like that's a different thing, too. There's a different listening experience. Well, first, there's to me, there's two things. There's a difference between hearing and listening, mm -hmm. right? 
um, hearing, you're just getting the noise bouncing off and you listening is actually your mind trying to pay attention to what's being, what's being done. Right. And like, if you're out and about and you're listening to the, and you hear the song, like at a pub or something like that, uh, which is, this is very much like, a, I feel a, a pub background song, right. Cause it's like upbeat and stuff. You're not, you're not going to, you're doing something. You're not going to be paying attention to, to the lyrics. You, if you're, but if you're in a position where you're listening to it at home or something with headphones or whatever, that's a very different looking experience. You might actually take the time to, to do that. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably like the difference, at least now with, uh, I think how people interact with music, especially with, um, you know, a lot of like the streaming type mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think, and, and people listening like through their phones and just through like regular headphones, not to be like an audio snob or because i know some people oh i need like the finest or the highest fidelity you know in my audio you know listening devices that's not what i think i'm saying here but i just mean like i don't think a lot of i mean maybe people do i don't know but i don't think a lot of people you know like sit down and like listen to like an album for like Mm. an hour or however long it is kind of thing right it's kind of like Oh, I have this on wall. I'm like, yeah, doing other things like I'm working out or like I'm taking the bus to school or, you know, I'm doing stuff around the house kind of thing. or I'm at yeah. a party or I'm at a club and this is on. Right. I don't like sit down and necessarily listen and like analyze and take it all in kind of thing. You know, I don't think people necessarily do that whole like listening experience kind of thing. For sure. Maybe you did back in the day when you had like a record player or a cassette player or something, right? And, I mean, yeah, I know Walkmans existed and stuff like that, but it wasn't, like, the same access that you had, that kind of, what, what is it? Um, I mean, yes, ease of access, but you kind of devalue it because it's so easily available to you Yeah. now, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily appreciate it as much kind of thing. For sure. I think there's also a different, like, uh, in that, and you kind of brought it up, right, like, with the advent of stuff like Spotify, uh spotify gets a lot of traction i find with like curated playlists for you and uh or playlists for specific things right like and i think that is very popular because you get to sample a bunch of different things that you might actually enjoy but it does create a very different listening experience to like we just finished saying like sitting down and listening to an album from start to finish right which you might have done maybe 10 years ago uh maybe five years ago or whatever like I remember, and it's it's even different from, and I I, I don't want to. I think it's like you can still do that kind of thing. You can still listen to an album back to front if you're like on the bus going to school, if you're working out or something, right? I don't think it's the fact of doing something a different activity that does it, but like perhaps the medium, right? Like I remember, like some of the best times I've uh, had listening to to lyrics and discovering them was like you know when I was a teenager and I had my little iPod. Yeah. Uh, or uh, a nano or whatever and I but I made sure but I was the one putting the music in there right it's not like it was just coming to me I'd click a playlist button I'd kind of feel what it is or my discover weekly or something right, something right, like right. That, right? no that's, that was the end of my that was the end of my sentence okay I wasn't sure <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to like jump in and like cut you off you know I appreciate that. Thing. all right so I'll move on to my next song unless you had more mm-hmm. no go for it. I, I do have some others but I think we can do a good back and forth like this Oh, no, I meant more about you, that song specifically. Oh, no, 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 that's the only thing I got okay. about this song. So the next one, this one isn't in the video. You won't find this here, but I find this interesting because, uh, you know, the implications. And so this is Sweet Home Alabama and mm. Southern Man by Neil Young. So Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, Southern Man by Neil Young. 
So obviously, Sweet Home Alabama is a song celebrating Alabama and the South in all yeah. this. Right? It's a fun song to sing along to. I don't really get, especially because, you know, we're from Canada. I don't get when people, like, really get into this song. You know, because it's like, we're not from... I don't know if Americans have this who aren't from Alabama, but I just find it weird when people like really get into it because I'm like, I you know you're not American slash you're it's not. It's a good from song, Alabama. but it is okay. But hang on, hang on before we get it's just there. It's a good song. <laughs> so what you might not realize is that this song "Sweet Home Alabama" is a response to Neil Young's "Southern Man," and so oh. the reason why I bring this up is because uh, Neil Young's song brings up. A lot like of racial inequality in the South, you know, and it talks about a lot of the hardships that blacks and other minorities face in the South. Hmm. Right. And so he was criticizing, you know, the the idea of, uh, you know, the Confederacy, uh, you know, because they they still like hang on to this Southern identity. And and we're seeing that more. I think it's even more relevant now, especially within like the last five years where we've seen, you know, a lot of these white supremacist groups and people like rise up, you know, and, and cause they're always carrying those flags, right? There's the reason mm-hmm. why people don't like uh, Confederate Confederate flags because, you know, they're associated with a certain way of thinking, a certain ideology, a certain right leaning uh, white supremacist, neo-Nazi fascist, you know, BS kind of yeah. thing. Uh, you know, so Southern man uh, was a song by Neil Young. Like I said, that addresses some of these issues, right? So some of the lyrics are, I saw cotton and I saw black, all white mansions and little shacks. Southern man, when will you pay them back? I heard screaming and bullwhips cracking. How long, how long, how? Southern Mm -hmm. man, better keep your head. Don't forget what your good book said, right? So it's like pretty explicit. In the some of the things that it's criticizing about the South. And again, it's, uh, you know, culture of like slavery and like white supremacy that you can't just really gloss over, you know, and ignore and just say, oh, you know, it's all it's all good times, which is, you know, kind of like what happens is no one really wants to acknowledge uh, what has gone on. So uh, Leonard Skinner took exception to this because they were like, why is this Canadian person, you know, criticizing? Yeah, he was Canadian. Are you joking? Is this... I wish I was. I really <laughs> wish I was joking. I'm not a huge Neil to... Young person. Uh... Oh, yeah, he's Canadian. He's well-known. Oh, that's dope. Canadian artist. Yeah, so they were like, why is this person, you know, he's not, you're not even American. I'm like, why are you talking shit, basically? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, well, I mean, he's, he brings up some valid points. I mean, uh, you know, there's something as horrible as slavery, chattel slavery was. I, you know, this is not exaggeration here. He's not overblowing it kind of thing, right? Not at all. So when you see, uh, so in, in, uh, in Sweet Home Alabama, Right. The second, uh, I guess, stanza, second lyric, second verse, whatever, uh, you know, said, well, I heard Mr. Young sing about her. Well, I heard O'Neill put her down. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Right. So this goes into, again, the idea of ignoring kind of like some of the horrors and stuff that transpired in the states, uh, especially in southern states. One could argue that, you know, a lot of cultural things, a lot of economic things definitely came, you know, from blacks who were held as slaves, you know, were held as, you know, property, were held without, you know, compassion, without human rights, who were brutalized and subjugated, right? 
So this song wants to take all that and just be like, well, no, Sweet Home Alabama, right? Where the skies are so blue, right? Mm. We're just going to gloss over that, which is the, the very thing that, uh, you know, Neil Young was criticizing. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think that's why I find it kind of weird when people really take a lot of pride. Like, it's a good, like, I enjoy the song, like the, the music, you know, the melodies and all that stuff. Like, I'm not saying it's a poorly composed song or nothing like that. But when you think about, you know, what it was response to. That's super interesting. I didn't, I, I like, I knew the lyrics of this song mm-hmm. and I, but I didn't clearly know the Neil Young song that it was referring to. Uh, and I think this, this, a, this is a point to like song interpretation, right? When I heard this song and heard and saw these lyrics, I was like, oh, I always, I thought it was like, you know, the, the her was like a Southern belle and Mr. Young is like, they're t- it's like, you know, that thing that songs do when it's, they're telling a story through yeah. the song, right? Yeah. Like this, I, in my head, this was like a fictional kind of thing where one Southern guy was rude to a Southern girl and the, ah, the speaker okay. in this song is like trying to keep her, you know, dignity or whatever uh, and defending her honor or whatever. Um, well, yeah, it was defending honor, that, was event, defending the South. Yeah, the South yeah. Very, very interesting in this light with the, with the Southern Man song for sure, because at this point, now that I'm thinking about it like that, if that's a response to that, like, Sweet Home Alabama's definitely got some kind of, like, revisionist exactly. uh, tendencies yeah, to yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Very much whitewashing uh, the, or, oh God, romanticizing the idea of the South, right, through this song, mm-hmm. for sure. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's part of it, is, like, sometimes not knowing, like, the historical context, is why I say context is always important, right? So sometimes it can illustrate, yeah. right, where someone coming from. So even though you may you know ascertain a different meaning right but once you know like oh this is the conditions this is what was going on when it was written it may enlighten you know so that's why that's why i said like, i find it weird when people really <laughs> really get through it to this song there's nothing wrong if you enjoy it. if you want to enjoy it it's fine but you know just like it is like a response to you know criticism valid criticism Mm-hmm. to to you know practices done in, in the south with regards like the slavery and kind of ignoring that history yeah i will say to uh Pav, an idea of uh death of the author right is mm. that or or one of the aspects of it is like okay so the is to, to know the context of it but like to separate what the song was potentially doing with its value currently right like people can be like oh i can still like the song despite and that's despite what the author was intending like the like the whole argument of like oh i can still like ernest hemingway stuff even though he was a raging anti-semite right yeah um what would you what would you think what would you say to that kind of thing that kind of idea well i mean look everyone has their uh their issues right no no person is perfect because i know sometimes yeah someone does like a horrible thing right but they also create you know like wonderful work of art or something whether it's a song film television uh you know sculpture whatever whatever the thing is dance could be whatever you know Mm -hmm. and then and then like oh but they did this horrible thing but they also created something that is you know that has done a lot for me because you know a lot of people resonate i think that's why we like art in general aside from like the consumerist aspect of it because it generally speaking you know it, it it touches you like on an emotional level it creates some kind of emotional response in you whether you know it's happiness sadness anger fear whatever it is you know we interact with it in that way and so 
it's up to you as an individual, you know, if someone did something so like, if I find out someone is like a literal Nazi, like maybe that's it. Like uh, this thing did bring me a lot of joy and I, you know, I really like it, but because this is someone who, you know, believes the Holocaust didn't happen for, or, you know, something like that. I can't listen to it anymore. Uh-huh. Like, or, or I can't interact with that thing anymore. Yeah. It's completely up to you. Cause I know like some people, this is also a little minor tangent, like in terms of like Harry Potter fans, right? Obviously they don't yeah, like J.K. Rowling, yeah. the fact that she's a uh, transphobe or says transphobic things, whatever, whatever you want to say about it, right? Some people don't want to deal with the fact that, uh, you know, like how could someone who wrote something that was so formative to my life, not me personally, but that's what people say, you know, so formative to my life. Cause you know, a lot of people are kids, you know, they grow up reading it, watching the movies, you know, it's had a huge impact on them. And then I find out that this person doesn't align with how I see things, right? I see a lot of people struggling with that. I know yeah. there's like a movement for people to not acknowledge that the books were written by J.K. Rowling. They want to imagine that someone else wrote the books or someone else in the world of Harry Potter. That doesn't feel very constructive. No, no, no. I'm like, that's stupid. You own it, man. Either you <laughs> like the books, you like the books, but you disavow the author, which is fine, or yeah. you don't like the books. But don't. I don't want to hear you know BS about like, oh, someone else wrote is responsible for writing in the books or something like that's that kind of i mean nuts. that's stupid. i've never like, heard that oh i've seen it oh this is on twitter that's why i said twitter's like a freaking ah, cesspool. there it is you know uh, i'm like no, no no you have to own it if it's something that you like even though you know the author did something bad or is a bad person whatever that means that you own it then right so you either like the work or you don't like the work but that's a choice that you got to make so that's why i said you mm-hmm. can like something like sweet home in alabama like i wouldn't be like oh if you like that song you're obviously a racist then or something like that or you're a garbage person. I'm like, that's not fair to say. I mean, there's other aspects to the song that you may like. You know, there's different yeah. things going on there. You know, if it was explicitly like <laughs> certain groups of people should be enslaved, you know, like that kind Can of music. Can you imagine a sweet old <laughs> You know, if it's something very explicit like that, then I would question you, right? I would be like, well, yeah. I don't want to associate with you then if you like this song. Because there are songs out there, you know, the people, For there sure. are like, a neo-nazi white supremacist uh groups and songs that are put out mm-hmm. there none of that stuff i would get behind and if i knew someone that was into that stuff i'd be like i don't know about you now but something like this yeah. i'm like eh. yes it's revisionist or whatever or it's just you know glossing over stuff or just you know you know i'm like eh, it's not the worst thing ever yeah we're not we're not condoning Leonard Skinner as 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 racists. No, because I, mean, I, I don't know them. That's the thing. Right? <laughs> we don't like, know I, them. I, I don't know them personally. Like I couldn't make that claim unless they again they put out very explicit work saying yeah or something like that. Catch Leonard Skinner on Twitter and see if they. <laughs> well, I don't think <laughs> see any of them are around anymore. See what they're retweeting. <laughs> I uh, I got an interesting one yes. uh, on the list that I that I found, and this 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 I find is an example of like. Uh, songwriter intent versus potential like uh, interpretation by 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 people right mm-hmm. uh so the song I, uh, that i found here on here is madonna's like a virgin oh oh i didn't think of this but okay i think i know what you're gonna say but go on okay uh so we've all heard madonna's like a virgin it's very you know the way it is yeah but apparently uh the song uh what was not written by it's not written by madonna for in the first place uh, Billy Steinberg was the person who wrote it. Apparently, it was about how he was left emotionally battered after a failed relationship, but then ended up in a new relationship that made him feel all shiny and new. Yes. Which is nuts to me. Because <laughs> it's like, 
okay, like I understand that. You know that uh, I, now that I know you read the real read the lyric, you're like, oh, your love thawed me out when I was scared and cold or whatever. But Madonna, as a as an artist, was like explicitly sexualized as a young performer, right? Yeah. It's like very clear how people got the the idea that this was a sexual song that a young uh, song per- that a young performer was doing, right? And totally, the fact of like it being like, oh, well, it's actually about this doesn't make that any better. You know, to me at least. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't know the history of the dude who actually wrote it, but I did know, like, the intent was someone, like, the... Because, like, I don't like when when uh, people project, like, the singer as the actual subject mm-hmm. of the song. So, something, yeah. you know, someone will sing about doing X, Y, Z, and then people will be like, oh, that's about you doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, no, no, no. That's it's not, always, like it's a, not always the case. It's true. It yeah. can be, for sure. But, you yeah. know, it's like a persona. Like, I like to separate, like, the artist as the performer uh, versus like the actual person. Right. So I wouldn't say, uh, you know, you know, Madonna is this way because she sings about stuff like that. Right. There's a little line of separation there. So, uh, but I did know that the, like the intent of the song was that the singer, the person of the song is, is saying that, yeah, they're, they want to like feel, or they're made to feel as though they're a virgin again. Right. They're mm-hmm. like re-experiencing their first time. Like that's how good. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if this meant more just like relationship in general, but explicit sexual, you know, interaction makes me feel like it's my first time again. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, I thought that. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's just, I was just like, oh, this is funny. OK, yeah. Like a virgin. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and I like it's ever and whenever it's it when because whenever it's being repurposed, right. Mm-hmm like a virgin is always being used for like that kind of oh my god it's my first time yeah person like i recently rewatched moulin rouge is uh, it in there and in the yeah okay, well i've never seen among moulin the moulin other rouge. things that that moulin rouge parses together to make the musical uh one of the, it's a very funny scene with the guy who owns the moulin rouge and the duke who's being like who's funding the new musical or whatever uh where they sing like a virgin <laughs> like like a virgin and he does a whole thing about it very very clear sexual references in that one okay. <laughs> that they're getting to with like a virgin ah i see yeah okay yeah i guess because you know it has virgin in the title so it's very easy yeah to, to just assume oh yeah this is about someone's first time when it's actually it's about someone who feels like it's their first time yeah. again all right so for the next song here that i have on my list is closing time yeah and this yeah. one is mentioned in the video if your listeners are go and watch it which i said will be linked in the show notes uh so this one very on the surface is would appear to be about uh a bar closing at closing time right every single bar every uh, single you know and, uh, like when i used to work at starbucks dude, was just to put this on we're actually closing actually <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> that's pretty funny but this one i can see though i can see why you would think it's literally about you know, a bar closing and, you know, getting your last call for alcohol, you know, before you got to get out. Because it is very explicit in, in its lyrics about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, part of the lyrics are closing time, one last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. If you watch the video, slash I'm going to say it right now, it's about the lead singer, uh, him having a baby. 
or him and his wife having a baby, you know, so it's kind of like about like someone new coming to the world and starting a new transition or a new, new stage of your life, basically. So you're tra- mm-hmm. transitioning from, you know, one stage to a, to, to a new stage, new chapter, new adventure kind of thing. But I read an interview with him, though, and he said that when he was writing the song, he didn't realize that was the meaning at first. It was kind of mm-hmm. like I wrote it down and then later it came to me. Oh, wait, this is about me actually kind of being scared. Uh, about having a kid kind of thing and this is like a new like i said a new chapter to move on to so this one like you know i can see why you you would assume that it this is a bit more like metaphorical i would say in terms of its meaning of its intent looking at the lyrics it's very explicit in in what it's saying here right so there's like so gather up your jackets move it to the exits i hope you have found a friend closing time Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end, right? So that, I guess you can kind of say, you know, again, speaks to the nature of moving on to something new. But this mm-hmm. is more metaphorical. It's not really like, a, I could see why if you took the lyrics at face value, you would assume it's about a bar closing down for the night. Yeah, I think that's kind of beautiful. I knew the, I, I only knew, I, I, I didn't freak out when you said that because I'd read it in my own list. Yeah. Uh, that I found and I was very surprised because I always thought it was just something closing right but I think that's so beautiful that like what and I did the the thing about the interview you said where you come to realize what a song actually means to yeah. you after you read it like I've had moments like that when I've written a song before and like you you know you're you're coming I don't know if anybody who's listening is a songwriter and if you do like please please share us I guess in some kind of way what your experience is with that but like I found myself a lot like you write something, you're in the moment or whatever, and then you look back at it like maybe a couple of weeks later or something. You're like, "Oh, I was going through a thing, and that's how it came out." Yeah, right. Because a, a song is always a song, somebody writing a song. It's always to express something that you've either gone through or like an emotion you're feeling or some kind of thing, right? There's so many ways to do so, to to express songs, and I think a, a beautiful the beauty of a kind of cultural artifact like that is not only like as we've said, a lot of people can have various interpretations, but even the person who creates it can like come to the meaning that or that that it responds to right or like you know you have those songs where like it applies at different points in your life right mm-hmm. like you can you can have one kind of relationship with a song uh at one point in your life and then as perhaps as an older person you come back to and you're like oh my god yeah i'm feeling this but in a different kind of way it's bringing up different resonating with me differently which i think is so fucking cool i just think that's dope about music you know yeah yeah, yeah i would say it's something that's common in like other forms of expression and art like sometimes you may write something like if you're a writer or you're mm-hmm. a performer or you're painting well you know you may mean something in the in while you're doing it while you're creating it and what you're actually trying to express like you said it may you may not realize it at the time as you're creating the thing that this is what i was actually trying to express until you know further reflection you know on yeah. on the subject and then you go oh wait this this is what this is what I was trying to to say at the time, and it's something that can happen years later, like you said. You know how you interact with something mm-hmm. changes as you gain new experiences. Exactly, I love that shit. I I love I love music, which is why I wanted to do this episode. You know, <laughs> nice. I was just like yes, let's go. So tasty. Uh, I've got one that's probably again. I keep thinking like that these are obvious, but this one specifically I think is obvious to me because I'm very like. I'm in love with this this band, sure. uh, but Green Day's "Wake Me Up When September Ends" ah, yes, is one, this one that I think okay. comes up a lot when talking about this kind of this kind of thing, right? Yes. Uh, if you haven't listened to "Wake Me Up When September Ends," you're dead to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, I have, I have the album "American Idiot." 
it's a masterpiece album um top 10 albums of all time at me in the comments uh <laughs> and a lot of a lot of people listen to this song you know you think about september and like the the general vibe of american idiot if you haven't listened to it yet is like angst against the it's that punk kind of rage against the institutions and the things that are around at the time uh it came out in like 2000 uh, near and around uh it was like war and stuff yeah. very a lot of music videos that green day made around that time were were very like anti-war uh so a lot of people kind of think about it as like oh maybe it's about 9-11 because waking it up when september ends right a lot of people think it's got connotations with war um or about the iraq war rather uh but actually um actually uh, the song was written in memory of Billy Joe, the lead singer, Green Day, mm-hmm. uh, of Billy Joe's father, who died when he was a child. Uh, which is like, if you if you look, you're looking at the lyrics, right? Um, like my father's come to pass. Twenty years have gone so fast. Wake me up when September ends. Which is such a great, mm, 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 <laughs> delicious, delicious yeah. line. But I think like this goes to show the versatility of a song like that, and especially about, as you said, the context of like not only. Uh, what's going around at the time and how that can influence interpretation, right? Because mm-hmm. um, very, because very much like you're listening to American Idiot in 2004 or whatever, and you're going, oh, dude, yeah, fuck George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot, but there's a lot more going on to to those kinds of things uh, aside from that. Yeah, this was one that I did not know the meaning. Like I before I watched mm. the video, I had read that it's about his dad. Uh, dying but when i when i got the album and i would listen to it I'd, i had no idea that that's what he was referring to because i know like there's a running joke of like oh wake him up september's over like when like october comes around i don't know if you've seen that there is a I've thing not seen that. oh yeah yeah there's a thing where people are like okay we gotta wake him up we gotta wake billy joel armstrong up we gotta wake billy joel up <laughs> you know september's over now um yeah but i don't know i mean that joke never came to me it was never like oh yeah that's funny but yeah like the line there about you know when my father's come to pass or whatever again i thought it was more like a general metaphorical sense not necessarily Mm -hmm. like oh he's actually literally talking about his father yeah yeah that's super funny i didn't actually know the thing about yeah yeah, people do that it's like one of those things i'm gonna tweet at billy joe armstrong now uh, (laughs) october 1st (laughs) what's that from mean girls was like today he asked me like if what day it is what day it was and it was october March 3rd first. something like yeah. that right and it's like everyone t- posts the meme about that on that's that a day. classic yeah that's a classic meme but it's that kind of thing right where people have like yeah. memed it to like that extent okay so yeah, like village armstrong is 50 years old is he yeah he was his birthday was the other day oh shit okay well, happy yeah. birthday to him but uh, happy i didn't realize he's 50 this. i guess that makes sense i mean i mean i remember dookie the Green Day album, not just a dookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. It's yeah, they're all dudes now. Yeah. Not battle, but, you know, they're getting up there. Yeah. All right, so my next thing is not just one particular song, but it's, uh, I guess this will break the mold a little bit. It's about Rage Against the Machine, just like in general. Yes. Because, you know, Rage Against the Machine, very political band. Oh, very yeah. left-leaning political band. You know, very extreme, radical, you know, in their music and mm-hmm. their beliefs and their political ideology. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of people who are right wing love Rage Against the Machine. No. Yes. Huh. Because like I said, like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I said at the beginning of this episode, like people don't listen to lyrics. The things just go right over their it's head. Just right over their head. And Rage Against the Machine is one of those bands where I'm just like, yeah. 
where I hear people saying like, yeah, like they just love like, and this is like several politicians too, not just necessarily like right wing uh, media people or whatever saying that, that they love rage against the machine. And I've just seen like on Twitter and like comments on like different articles and stuff that I've read where people are right leaning, but they just love the lyrics. And I'm just like, yo, do you not understand? Like, this is not the band for not you. The band for you, my dudes. <laughs> Again, you can enjoy their music. Like, you don't, I'm not saying you, you can only have one kind of political affiliation to enjoy a certain type of music, but I mean, this is, they're not subtle. It's, it's kind of like the semi charm life thing once you actually read the lyrics, right? It's not subtle. It's not like, oh, this is, a, no. you know, shrouded in metaphor and abstract references. And, you know, it really relies on like mythology that you need to understand to kind of get all this and like decode it kind of thing, right? This is like literally like their song killing in the name a very simple oh, song the lyrics are song. you know some of those that work forces are the same that, burn, same crosses. that burn crosses and yeah. in live version some of those that hold office are the same that burn crosses so i'm just mm-hmm. like how do you you know think this song is because it's just the sound like they like that raw gritty for sure dirty sound you know because obviously it sounds cool kind of thing i think that's part of the appeal but i'm like uh, you know, did you listen to the, you're the kind of people that like supports, you know, burning crosses and, you know, this is what it's saying, right? It's definitely against mm-hmm. like police and all this stuff. Right. And a lot of their stuff, a lot of their music, you know, again, uh, the, I, the machine that they're raging against is like people that are affiliated, like on the right the institution, man. <laughs> for yeah. the most part, right. Who want to maintain the status quo. That's what they're raging against. So I'm just, I just find it funny. That's wild. No, that's hilarious. Yeah. I like, I'm a huge fan of Rage Against the Machine. My God, my teenage angst was fueled by the by Rage Against the Machine. And of course, my budding, you know, left wing uh, ass <laughs> got, you know, coerced very easily <laughs> with Rage Against the Machine. But yeah, no, for sure. You listen to you. I feel like Rage Against the Machine, the machine is so, has such amazing lyrics too. like that style of like half uh, like, I guess, uh, rap. Rock, yeah, it falls of, in like right? rap, rap rock uh, category. There is like extremely thing. catchy, and they, they it lists some really cool lyric, lyrical stuff. But like, and the lyric, as you, but as you said, the lyrics are obvious. They're dead on. They're like totally anti-war. They're totally anti-establishment. Like, it's it's nuts to me how any right wing, uh, and I hate to use the, that that kind of term to divide people, but like you know, uh, that kind that kind of person would be like, oh yeah, this fucking slaps. This is the this is the band that. Uh, on Saturday Night Live, burn the American flag during their performance, right? Like, let's go. You know, so I, that's like I said, I just find it funny. I'm just like, it's just fun. It's just the irony because I'm like, you're the machine they're oh, raging yeah. against. <laughs> totally ironic. Yeah. No, and I think you hit it on the head before. Like, they just love, like, any, they, they love, like, the sound of yeah. that, like, angst, angst driven, like, uh, hard rock sound, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of people, a lot of people like gravitate towards that kind of thing, especially when they've got like they're really opinionated and they feel mad, right? Uh, which I'm sure, as we know, uh, a lot of uh, those kinds of people are or feel like they've got that kind of righteous anger behind them. But it's mm-hmm. like that's how that's so funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. My God, uh, I feel like a lot of the a lot, you keep bring, you get you got you got some bangers on this list there, Fab. You keep bringing sounds out that I'm actually I'm like always I'm I'm there like oh. Or a take that I didn't know. Um, one, la- one, one that I've, one that I've got on my list that I actually didn't think about or didn't know at first was uh, it is a, it's a song. It's uh, it's TLC's Waterfalls. 
Oh, which, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't go change. Right. Uh, it's a fantastic song. TLC is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, appar- uh, apparently, the songs leaves, particularly the verses, tackle issues like promiscuity, HIV AIDS, and the illegal drug trade, which I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, no way. And then I, I went to the song. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, there's, 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 a, there's a lyric that goes like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't know how the, the verses of this song goes. So I'm just going to read them as a normal person would. One day he goes and takes a glimpse in the mirror, but he doesn't recognize his own face. His health is fading and he doesn't know why three letters took him to his final resting place. That's clearly a reference to HIV. Yeah. Which is wild. Very cool to see some 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 issues like that tackled in a TL, in TLC's uh, lyrics there. Yeah, I wasn't really aware of that because it definitely, yeah, it's one like... of those songs again where whenever you hear it, you because it's a very popular song, whenever you hear, excuse me, in uh, playing uh, other media like film and television stuff, it's definitely or if when you, whenever you hear it come on at like a bar or a club or something, it's definitely everyone singing along to the chorus. You know, I just I just thought of it as like the idea of chasing waterfalls is just kind of like a like kind of like almost like a Sisyphean task or something, right? Like don't waste your time. Yeah. You know, chasing things that are never going to happen, kind of thing. No, for sure. I always thought of it as like. Yeah, because I think I I believe the 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 chorus goes like don't go chasing waterfalls, stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Yeah, yeah. So it's like don't go after shiny new things yeah, or people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Stick to your roots when you're like in when trying to you know define moments of your life or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure is probably still part of it, part of the message, right? But like having those kind of put in there, yeah, is very interesting to it to me. But it makes sense for a for a for a band that was. In a, or a band in a group that was around in like the 1990s right to be talking about the the AIDS crisis uh it seems very on brand <laughs> in that kind of way no for sure because you know obviously HIV AIDS affected disproportionately affected a lot of you know minority groups obviously you know people who are gay you know because uh, you know definitely ravaged that community but it also affected a lot of people that weren't gay but still contracted uh the virus and because it was thought of especially at the time as a gay specific disease there was a lot of people who were suffering from it who were from lower income mm-hmm. areas families whatever it is you know did not have like the economic resources because definitely at the time it would have been astronomical to be able to uh, receive treatment uh, for hiv aids but you know yeah. a lot of stuff comes from drugs and stuff you know like like from dirty needles and all that stuff uh, you know, you had that running rampant in a lot of like black communities at the time. And again, you wouldn't have gotten because of also the the increased homophobia too. like. So if you had HIV AIDS, like, you know, now you have to deal with <laughs> homophobic stuff on top of that. Right. So absolutely, it definitely put you in a terrible situation. And obviously it left a lot of people, you know, exposed in terms of not being able to get help or treatment or anything like that uh you know because of it so uh, yeah it makes mm-hmm. sense that you know a group like tlc would want to touch on those uh topics that probably you know affected the communities that they they were from or partook in exactly yeah i think it's really cool to see i guess you can call it activism uh in in its own kind of way mm. uh, or representation of activism within a within a song like that right i think a lot of uh and i think uh, to and i think a lot of people do, you know I was thinking about why people don't listen to the lyrics. And I feel like a lot of people don't listen to song lyrics because it's like some, 
and I don't want to be sound like a boober or anything, but like mm-hmm. songs these days don't have as much meaning as they used to. Uh, but I think it's kind of true, right? Like a lot of, and I, I don't want to define it to a genre, but I feel like there's less importance now on something, uh, depending on the artist, of course, mm-hmm. uh, on creating something that is meaningful and has some kind of interpretation for it and rather creating something catchy that will sell on the radio and sell on Spotify. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. I think part of it is, like, I think a lot of things are facing this in terms of, like, people who want to get noticed in the world is a lot of it is not, yeah, a lot of it is just shallow, easily digestible, catchy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, like, in a really, like, fast-paced, you know, like, gotta get clicks, gotta get likes kind of thing. You just need something that people can just, like, instantly latch onto and something yeah. that takes nuance and depth. I mean, that's why we're seeing it like with like our news media and a whole bunch of different things like on Twitter. That's why you get all like these outrage and stuff like that. Cause people just need to catch on to something. And I think that translates to people trying to be successful artists. Uh, Cause you look at people, I guess like Lil Nas X who like Doja Cat, a few other of those people that kind of like come up on like trendy, either like TikTok or Vine or little mm-hmm. short YouTube clips that come from that kind of like virality, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at least initially their success right is based on oh something that becomes memeable or has like a dance like associated with it so it's just something that like catch your attention and then maybe i think as you build you can become you know more in depth with what you want to address or what you want to put in your music for example for sure i was actually going to say exactly that about like Lil nas x right like think you think about uh oh god old town road where he's and like something like industry baby now, like the, you know, he's talking about being gay and talking about uh, being gay and being black in, in today's culture and, and, and today's society and what that's like for him. Right. Which is like miles away from what he was doing uh, originally. So I, I definitely, I think totally agree with you. There's a lot of room for artists to, to break through with that, but it's very easy to fall into that trap uh, of just doing things to get clicks. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for my next song, I have uh Every step you take, yeah, thing in the police. So there's a couple of things with this song. Uh, there's there, there's a couple of like I guess popular interpretations of this of this song that I've come across. Uh, this one is in the video, so if you watch it, you will come across it. One people thing seem to think that this is like a love song for some reason. <laughs> I never understood that, but apparently people play this like at their wedding. They do. Like they, it's fucked. They yeah. do. Okay. Have you like? Is this something you've seen like firsthand? Oh, I told no. To, oh, totally, totally. Oh, really? I think it's less less out of. I think it's out of fashion now, just yeah. because the police aren't as big. But uh, for sure, about like maybe like 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, I heard the song. I never thought of it as like a love song, but apparently that's a thing. So just like, okay, that's that's strange. Now, okay, the other common interpretation that I find when this one pisses me off. Is that people think it's about government surveillance, huh? And like Big Brother, nineteen eighty four kind of way, like the government's watching you because obviously you know yeah. you have like every step you take, I'll be watching you. Yeah. So I can understand, I can understand that a bit, but like, uh, you know, from again the repeated line, I'll be watching you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it it totally is not about the government spying on you, kind of thing. No. Because, like, uh, so the context for this song was that Sting was either going through or had already gone through or was about to go through a divorce. So, obviously, his relationship 
was mm-hmm. ending whatever stage he was at in that process you know it was ending obviously uh, when, it, when it happens it can be very traumatic kind of thing so uh, you know i if i remember correctly i read the thing about it like a while ago uh you know he was in a very dark place uh you could say so to me anyways other than the fact that you know like what i read from him saying specifically that it's about his relationship dissolving or whatever it is you know you know, it's clearly about that, like, relationship. So the I'll be watching you isn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to be spying on you every single day. I know some people have said it's like a stalkerish. I don't see it as, like, I'm going to be stalking you. I just see it, like, you know, if your relationship is breaking up, I think that, like, you view this person now in a different light mm. kind of thing. Because some of the the lyrics are, look, every single day, every word you say, every game you play, Every night you stay, I'll be watching you, right? Yeah. So, like, to me, that's like you're you're no longer the person that I thought you were, right? So I've 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 sus- suspicions over you now. So I'm gonna be so I'm gonna keep be an careful. eye on you. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna mm. watch watch what you do. There's another line where it's like every smile you fake, every claim you stake. Yeah. Right. Like. Every smile you fake, that to me tells me someone like, oh, okay, well, maybe you've just been lying to me this whole time, right? Yeah. And if you're going through a divorce, a good divorce is going to be pretty bitter, you know? Like, some, some people going through a divorce, like, you know, people come out enemies at the end of it, right? Even though they yeah. want the process to go smoothly. People will fight over, like, the dumbest things when they're, like, going through it, you know? So, like, every claim you stake, like, I can see that as, like, you know, Okay, so I see what you're going after, right? You're going after this, you're going after that, right? So now now I distrust you. So that's why I'm going to be keeping an eye on you. That's what, to me, the I'll be watching you means. Now I'm going to be following you mm. around constantly. And the other thing, though, again, to fight back against this idea that it's against government uh, spying on you, which does happen. Well, corporations spy on you more. Well, right? yeah, of course. That does happen. But look, look, look this, this is, this is, if everyone comes across, this is what I always bring up. This, this, this line here. Since you've gone, I've been lost without a trace. I dream at night. I can only see your face. I look around, but it's you I can't replace. I feel so cold, and I long for your embrace. I keep crying, keep baby, 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 please, please. right? Yeah. I'm like, what government? <laughs> I feel so cold and long for your embrace. What government is spying on you with that feeling in mind? You know. Gives a whole new meaning to Uncle Sam, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. So I'm like, no, no, no. This is not about government surveillance or anything like that. It's no, clearly uh, yeah, about I, like, you know, the mixed emotions that you have following, you know, you break up with someone you've been married to for I don't know how long he was married to his wife at the time, but it's clearly about the that a relationship, not about that's why I find it weird. Yeah, when, when people play it as like a love song at a wedding kind of thing. But. Oh, for sure. I've like always balked at exactly that. People like thinking about this because like because very clearly from the offset, this is like if this is what if this is your idea of love. Ooh, yeah, that's scary because yeah. like this is like possessive and controlling. If that's yeah. and if you're into that, hey, maybe go see a therapist. Like no, and no offense, that's just not how love should be. I'm sorry uh no and i actually quite like your interpretation of like i'll be watching you now because like i'm 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 weary right of what you're gonna do 
uh, or who you've become. I actually really, really quite enjoy that. I never thought about the song like that. Um, it's very funny to me that people <laughs> thought about this as being a metaphor for government surveillance or government control. Because it's like, guys, it's the police. Have you listened to other their other songs? Like, if that was a through, if that was a, a a theme that they wanted that they were talking that they were you know yeah. going to get into. You might see it in other songs. It's nowhere else. If you're going to try telling me that the police are actually some kind of like political leading band. No. No, no it's just again. It they comes wrote to message people, in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just again. The theme here is like people don't listen to lyrics or you just know like the chorus or like one specific line that you know. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. So it's one of those things because it's repeated so often. It's probably one of the only lines that your average person could just name off the top of their head from that song. Right. I'll be watching you. That's what sticks with you. So maybe that's why, you know, you kind of form that view Mm -hmm. or opinion on it. Oh, man. I I only have one last one that I think is really good uh, because it totally came out of left field for me on this list. And you're going to, I don't know how you're going to. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, The song in question is the classic Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh. Okay. Did you get this from the video or did you know this already? No, I didn't know this already. I, I found this on the, the BuzzFeed list that okay. I got that I found online. Okay, cool. Uh, love Total Eclipse of the Heart. It's a crazy song. There was, yes. a, there was a period, like, I think a couple years ago that I basically had the song on repeat, like, <laughs> for a month. I don't know why, but I was really vibing with it. It can you know? get stuck in your head from time to time, for sure. It can. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it's very clearly some kind of a, a love song, yes. right? Like, it's, it's, it's so over the top. Apparently, and I didn't know this, <laughs> the songwriter, uh, Jim Steinman, has admitted it was a vampire love song, originally titled Vampires in Love, which is crazy to me. Yes, <laughs> yes this is also in the video. It was originally written for like some musical or something that I don't think it didn't get end up being made. That's nuts. Actually, I didn't know that context. That's crazy. Like, it kind of makes sense when you start thinking about it. You're like, okay total eclipse of the heart there's like lunar imagery going on they're in the dark it's so dramatic i can absolutely see this in some kind of vampire themed musical yeah i saw that and i was like oh it makes so much sense which i did not know and like i never i just thought of it yeah some kind of like generic generic love song and like to me i i I like i like saw this and i was like there's no way there's actual like evidence for this uh and I don't find there is personally like I think like there's a couple metaphors that you can be like oh yeah this is about vampires right like mm-hmm. turn around bright eyes on vampires have bright eyes right yeah. like uh but I think to to very much say oh yeah this is 100% 100% a love song for vampires <laughs> is a stretch I I don't I know that potentially it was already made to be like that but uh, wow Wow, I, I just want what I want mm. is a remake of Twilight with this as the main <laughs> <touch>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I got. No, 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 that's that's cool. But just to add on just a little bit in terms of like the lyrics, yeah, it's like your shadow is sorry, your love is like a shadow on me all the time. I don't know what mm-hmm. to do. I'm always in the dark, living in a powder keg and giving off sparks, right? And then I really need you tonight. Yeah. Forever's gonna start tonight. Right, so it's like if I'm going to turn you into a vampire, right? You're going to be this forever, right? So yeah, I didn't know that. Like in the video, uh, like I said, will be in the show notes. This is one of the songs that they talk about, and yeah, the fact that it's from like a vampire musical, 
uh you know and there is stuff here that talks about that you could argue talks about you know being a vampire in love and i guess turning your potential mate into mm-hmm. a vampire to join you in the internal i won't say afterlife because you're still alive but i guess the eternal undead so it's kind of crazy i was just like oh wow i'm like that makes a lot of sense and of course like i said it's backed up with proof you know in the in the actual text. Yeah. So that's crazy, but in this case, even if it didn't have anything really explicit, the fact that it's from like a musical that was supposed to be about vampires. Hey, that's rad. I that's want crazy. that musical now. It's a new way to think about that song. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so next song. I just have a few more songs. Uh, mm-hmm. Next song is Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, it's in the video, but I had read this earlier. I don't know exactly when, maybe last year, last two years. This is a song that is sarcasm. It's sarcastic. It's supposed to be a parody of, I guess, like party songs that were popular in the 80s when the song came out. So it's supposed to be making fun of this idea of like, you got to fight for the party, you know? Yeah, that's what that's what they were poking fun at. But I would guess that the meaning would be lost over time, because if you weren't around necessarily when this kind of genre or this type of song was popular yeah you'd be like oh you just take again taking it at face value right you just like, oh okay it's just like a party song <laughs> kind of thing it would be like coming across like a movie like airplane like a hundred years from now <laughs> and like no one has any <laughs> idea and you just see it and you just take it at face value as though like, like oh, this, this is, is what they thought high art was back in you know the 20th century <laughs> for sure no i can and especially with a a song like this right like where the main drive again the we all know the catchiest part of a song is the chorus that's the one you're always gonna remember the, the hook or whatever right with a song like this where that is the hook right yeah for sure 30 years later where people are like yeah fight for your right to party man yeah partying is a right yeah for sure <laughs> Well, yeah, it definitely taps into that mindset because I remember when I first, you know, went to university, you know, you'd play that song and wouldn't be like, yeah, you know, just have that like feeling of like, yeah, we got to fucking party, you know, that's how we got to mm-hmm. do kind of thing. But yeah, you, the idea again, because then it, it loses its context. So if it was released at a time when this type of song was popular and you're, you want to poke fun at that, right? It's like uh, what Lonely Island song, like I'm on a boat, right? Yes. That kind of, uh, you know, grander and like rap songs but you're applying it to just being like well i guess music video specifically because like, there's a lot of music videos that would come out where people would be like on yachts and you know in front of expensive cars and have money and women you know shaking their booties and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so that's what you want to parody kind of thing right but then you lose that context and then you think oh it's actually celebrating about being on a boat like we're all on boats now like yes we should all be uh, partying on boats right we're all on boats now. <laughs> that's, that's the new thing. That's going to be the we're new thing in 20 years. We're all going to just have like our own boats. And we're going to... Hey, that'll be our anthem. Going the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be our anthem. I'm on a boat. It'll be sincere. It won't be a parody of, uh, of a certain type of uh, hip-hop song. I think it also might be misconstrued because like the... The Beastie Boys... Uh, I'd f- forgive me if I'm wrong about this because I'm not super... I don't know them super well. But... Like, if this is a par- they don't just, they're not exclusively parody songwriters or satirical songwriters, no, I don't think right? So. No. Yeah. So, like, I think it's very easy to listen to this and go, oh, yeah, this is just like every other Beastie Boys song, so it's serious. 
<laughs> so it, it means what it means, right? Like you're not going to listen to it. You're not going to go to a to a lonely island, for instance, as the example, and be like, "Oh yeah, uh, jizzed in my pants." I'm going to take that seriously, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's all they do is to, is make is make funny tunes. It makes sense for this one to go like, oh, "Okay, this one got a little lost around the repertoire, right?" Because it's a little different from what they it's from what they normally kind of mm. put out. So people can be like, "Oh yeah, that's no, that sounds yeah. sounds good to me." Yeah, no, that's yeah. a fair point. All right, so I guess uh, we'll leave it there for this episode of uh, an all-new, all-different Aim for the Bushes. I've been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as J-Pav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. With me today, fellow podcast person, Alex. Thank you, thank you. That was, uh, that was some good uh, song discussion meaning there, so hopefully you, know, yeah. you found something interesting, something you didn't know before, maybe you did know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. uh yeah so is there any news with october and fish there's always news with october and fish yeah. i mean there's there isn't there isn't much uh news genuinely uh if you if you're a listener of this a long time listener of this podcast you know uh that uh i both pav and i are part of this really great uh, fantasy adventure podcast called the october jones and fish with legs uh it's a podcast about a narrative podcast about a teenage girl and a fish with legs uh, I do the music for it and play uh, Manfred Splainer, a, a beloved character. Pav's come in for a couple of times to play different characters, most notably uh, a lovable vampire. Yes. Uh, <laughs> his episode is fantastic, actually, if you want to go check it out. Uh, we recently, re- recently, we recently released a holiday special back in uh, December. Yeah. Uh, that's like all of it. That's, you know, very, it's actually quite romantic. It's like a love story between a crab and a shrimp. Uh, so if you're, if it is, if, I don't know when this is coming out, but if it's still around February, uh, you might find that appropriate, thematically appropriate. We're currently working on season two. I don't have any details about when that may or may not be coming out. Uh, but stay tuned. Sometime stay tuned in the for future. that. Also award-winning podcast now, you can say. Yeah. Canadian podcast award Did winners. Uh, we got nominated for. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but you didn't win, but you got nominated. We, yeah. We didn't, we didn't win for the music. We also got we also got nominated for the for the Audioverse Awards for music as well, which is really really exciting. Okay, We're actually nice. still waiting yeah. on results for that. Okay, that doesn't come in, but yeah. So now you can go listen to an award winning uh, podcast there, wherever you find yeah. podcasts, probably where you found this one. That's it for this episode. Song meanings. Uh, you know, thank you uh, for listening. You know, rate us, comment uh on us you know help us grow get the word out there if you're on a platform that allows you to do those things aim for the bushes theme music so that is done by mia pearson go listen to her stuff uh she's on soundcloud and maybe on other platforms i don't know i gotta go look everyone please stay safe remember to get vaccinated peace peace